Hello, welcome. This is Roger Royce with Silicon Valley Impact on Tell Radio, uh, where we bring you each week an interview or a discussion with somebody in the Silicon Valley or anywhere in the world uh, that is having, having a major impact through the use of their business and technology. And today we're talking to Dennis Donahue. He's the executive director of the Western Growers Center for Innovation and Technology in Salinas, California. Dennis has been a grower shipper uh, himself and a, and a producer for, for more than 30 years. He's previously the mayor of Salinas as well. So he certainly has a lot of background in the area. And I think you're going to be really interested to hear what Dennis has done and created uh, down in that part of the world. So first of all, Dennis, thanks for being here today. Well, thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate the invitation. We, uh, uh, you know, for, for, former mayors never, never tire of talking about uh, things they're passionate about and, you know, ag tech and uh, Salinas's role in the development of that ecosystem is, uh, is something uh, uh, that we're off that we're awfully proud of. But, but I think the most important thing is, and, and I'm real excited uh, for the opportunity I've had to be involved with Western growers now, six years now, almost uh, um, one of the things you learn, and I know you have a lot of experience in with this yourself, success or progress it's it's a team sport so uh, we we think we brought some elements together here uniquely in salinas uh you know through city hall through the industry through western western growers but uh, nothing, nothing happens without uh, uh, a, a lot of people uh, w- working together yeah and, and we're going to talk a lot about that um the, the western grower center for innovation it, it's 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 really a model, I think, of how to just completely build a community around startup innovation uh, based on the tools that are available in your community. But before we jump into to what you've been doing, I guess I'd like to talk a little bit about the origin story, because as I remember this, this all started it's almost maybe almost 10 years ago uh, when you were mayor. And, uh, and Salinas, for those of you out in, in, in radio land that, that don't know, Salinas, uh, I think they call it the, what is it, the salad bowl of, of America? It's the, uh, no, 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 don't limit us to America. We are the salad bowl of the world. The and, salad bowl uh, of the world. The salad, <laughs> well, and then, you know, as I put on my mayor's hat, you know, I, you know, that evolved to we're the fresh nerve center of the planet. And by that, I mean, and, it, and it's interesting, and, and you know this because you're around the ag tech eco, ecosystem is, you know, I think it's really important to kind of establish your lane and where you really, really do fit. That benefits everybody the most, to be very, very clear. And, and, and the reality is Salinas really is, you know, that really unique intersection of, of the, fre- the fresh world. But believe me, representing Western growers, when I wander over into the, into the other valley, uh, because we represent... Uh, essentially the specialty crop crowd, which is fresh fruits, vegetables, and nuts. And collectively our, our membership uh, um, is responsible, you know, depending upon the crop time of year, but on average between 50 to 60% of North America's fresh fruit and vegetable and nut and nut production. So it's, so it's a pretty big platform. And, you know, the central Valley is a different ball game than the than Salinas and the, and the central coast. So, so our calling card is fresh. You know, we're not the permanent car, crop, uh, crop crowd when you, when you wander over into the, to the central Valley and, and that type of thing. So it's important to make that distinction, but what we tried to do, and, and it really goes back to uh, November, 2007. And I, and I ran for mayor on this, you know, uh, 
standpoint that, uh, you know, Salinas at, at, the, at the time, you know, had structural budget deficits, was a relatively poor city in terms of municipal resources, rich in talent. And, uh, as, and as I like to tell people, Salinas has 12 zip codes. Unfortunately, only six of them were in city limits. If I could have gotten my hands on the other, the other six, we would have had a lot of resources. So I kept thinking about, all right, we, we're going to need a growth strategy for, for the community because it's a city of uh, young people. So what happens if we rub the two sticks together of the freshest valley of the planet with the most innovative valley on the planet, the Silicon Valley, which is right up north, and what do you get? So um, November of 2007, we, we, we convened really what was essentially the first Ag Tech Summit. What we did, I think, was we begin to lay the groundwork for the ag tech ecosystem, you know, because innovation is not anything new to ag. I mean, you, you know that growing up from, from your ag has been innovating for a long time. But I think what we did do was we, uh, we, kind, we kind of called out this, let's bring ag and technology together by name. And we were fortunate that we had a couple of platforms to work with. One, I, I, because I was in City Hall, and trust me, as a grower shipper, I mean, I, I was the radicchio guy. The radicchio guy's ability to convene is a lot different than the lettuce or broccoli. So, we, so, I, was, so I was a smaller player, but had been in the industry a long time. But we were, we were fortunate that the, the industry responded positively to the idea of supporting the community and economic development. And uh, during my time in office, we were able to bring together you know, Bruce Taylor, who was, who, you know, is obviously a recognized leader in the industry, a known innovator, but also very, very committed to From Taylor this, Farms. Yeah. And, and very committed to this community, uh, coupled with, uh, we brought in, uh, John Hartnett from the, the, the Silicon Valley and his Irish leadership technology group. Now I always tell people it just happened to be a coincidence. We both had an Irish last name, but, uh, yeah. uh, but you know, he and I got to know each other from uh, my, through my political mentor, Tom McHenry. And, uh, and I happened to go to John and I, cause I observed he had really built a tremendous global network. And, you know, so what, what happened was we really had a convergence of, platforms and resources and a thought. What, what happens if we really rub, rub those uh, sticks together, the Salinas Valley and the Silicon Valley? And, and then Bruce was also chairing the Western Growers Association at the time. So, so it, it was much more than, hey, here's a couple of folks with an idea, which, which is a good thing and that's how things can happen. But it was really the convergence of le leadership, organizations, resources and a commitment to make something happen. And I think that really accelerated the process. And, and I think that's what made it, made it unique. And, and as I tell people, you know, we're housed in Salinas gateway to gateway from the Silicon Valley, but we're for our entire network. And then as you know, as the years have gone on, ag tech is now um, a global game. So, so, so the reality is, um, you know, if, if you're if you're really immersed into ag, ag tech, uh, you know, I mean, you can choose the countries you're hanging out with the Dutch, you're hanging out with the Israelis, you're with New Zealand, Singapore, etc. So um, um, so then it becomes important in that type of environment to really establish your lane. And so what I tell people is our value proposition is market access. We don't necessarily have a monopoly on that, of course, but. Uh, we're, we're uniquely positioned because of the nature of our board, 
uh, and we're able to help create market access, provide business services, and then I think really do um, networking in a, in a unique fashion and really, really bring growers together, which, which is ultimately what folks are looking for, for potential customers, potential folks to co-develop products with. So I think, so I think it's been a good formula. It's, it's evolving, of course, because I think AgTech has, has evolved and, and it's maturing. So we're trying to get really focused more and more. What, what do we do best? And we think, we think market access is a big part of that. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's the brilliance of the idea. Again, for those out and in, 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 of our listeners, Selena sits a couple hours south of Silicon Valley of Palo Alto. And as you said, Dennis, you know, 50, 60 percent of the nation's produce is a huge uh, production area, as well as being known for all the other other things. I know it's got a big tourist industry, but agriculture is number one. And here it sits very close to Silicon Valley. And I know your idea was, why can't we put build a bridge between these two valleys? And it sounds like you've certainly done that with the with the Center for Innovation. You've now got tech companies sitting out there close to their markets where they have to be in ag, ag tech, right? They need to be close to the markets just for market validation, if nothing else. Well, yes, you you really, you know, at the end of the day, the ag community is the best situated to create wholesale access to uh, the pers- prospective customer base. And, I, and I'm very clear with folks, look, we're the specialty crop crowd. You know, mm-hmm. if you know the the Midwest has has huge players. We're 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 not row crops. We know those folks. We can we can make make some connections. So we we do. And and again, technology is not new to agriculture. Innovation is not new to agriculture. But but I think what is a little bit new, and, and you know this as an investor, is is we tried to create more critical mass around specialty crop ag because. Because you know, California. Can, you, can I stop you? Can you define sure. that for folks? That well, I, what I was—I was just going to say it, it. It it fundamentally is fresh fruits, vegetables, and nuts. The other element is, you know, we would say it's those crops that are that are not subsidized. I mean, the economics, the go-to-markets are completely different than, let's say, the Midwest, which may have, uh, you know, price supports, uh, subsidies, etc. All fine. I'm not passing judgment on it. It, it just simply—it's a different business model in terms of production production ag again the description of fresh fresh fruits vegetables and nuts um, and then you know ba- basically you know all the players in the game is you pays your money and you take your chance so it's a little it's a little bit of the uh, you know it's a little bit like panning for gold you put you put money in the ground or in the orchard and you, you see how you do and yeah. uh, but but it's awfully fragmented and, and so from that standpoint, as you know, technology often needs, uh, needs scale. Uh, it needs uh, crit- crit- critical mass to attract the attention of the, of, uh, of, of the major, major players. So, so part of what we've been trying to do and working to do more earnestly and intentionally is, is aggregate the entire specialty crop uh, space on beha- in, in certain strategic areas, whether it's food safety, automation, ev- even data, be- because if you just take, you know, break things down crop by crop, it's not necessarily big enough to attract the attention of, let's say, the, ma- the major technology players, which, mm-hmm. which is not to say it can't attract the attention of technology, but uh, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, what we're finding is that we want to 
you know, create market access for, for lack of a better phrase, general discovery, but on certain strategic initiatives, for instance, and it's almost a year ago today, and we'll be updating it at the World Ag Expo in Tulare in a couple of weeks, we, we launched a global harvest automation around fresh harvest. So for instance, you know, if you're a tomato that's going to end up in a bottle of ketchup, it doesn't matter if you get whacked around a little bit. But if you need to be place packed and you're off to uh, retail or you're going to be a nicely sliced tomato in the, you know, you know, Burger King or or wherever, then then that that's a more labor intensive process. Strawberry is more labor intensive. Lettuce, if you're going to be 24 count, uh, you know, so this issue of the labor intensive harvesting deal, uh, we've recognized that we that we have to aggregate. Uh, the strength of the entire industry. To- and I guess I'd like to talk about just a couple of the things in particular that you've done in some of the technologies and how they really made agriculture a more efficient process and and have wide application around the world in, uh, again, solving our food insecurity issues. Can you talk about a few examples? Well, a, a couple of things. It, it, it is a global conversation right now in terms of this whole issue of uh, everybody's trying to address the labor issue or lack thereof. Uh, it is, you know, with aging workforces, it is uh, it, it's a variety of other reasons. It's becoming increasingly difficult to find labor for, for these jobs. It is a global conversation. So as we look at automation, I always kind of use a, a Star Wars analogy. Uh, and if you look at the marketplace, you know, R2-D2, uh, you know, things like automated thinning and weeding, those are essentially repetitive uh, processes. And we're seeing good progress there. As I mentioned before the break, though, when you get into fresh field harvest, now you're talking about replicating a human being. So that's CP3O. That is a way more complicated deal, which is why we feel like we've had to, uh, you know, begin to strategically organize and we deliberately called it a global harvest automation initiative for a couple of reasons. Frankly, other parts of the world have had uh, these challenges ahead, ahead of us. So we, you know, our, our role is to find solutions for our members. So we've cast our net throughout the entire planet. Okay, who's, who's, do, who's doing what? And uh, so we're looking at companies all over the world on this, on this harvest space. But for instance, take companies... Uh, you know, one of the companies in the center is FarmWise uh, that is doing automated weeding. You know, Time Magazine has um, pegged them as a product of the year a couple of times in the last couple of years, and they're making uh, good, strong progress uh, in, the, in, the, in the thinning and weeding space. Bear Flag Robotics, which is a company we're really proud of, and they did a, fabu- they did a fabulous job at Gino and Aubrey, uh, two, two very, very talented uh, uh, folks, we're we're glad to have been uh, part of their story. That's great. Um, they just got acquired. They they just got acquired by uh, John John Deere, and yep. uh, and we're and we're really pleased for them. And uh, um, and you know, so you're you're starting to see, uh, uh, you know, and John Deere historically, I think most people would agree, has been more focused on the Midwest. So we think mm-hmm. for our members, that's a really exciting development to see more. Uh, you know, really serious interest in the, in the, in the special, in the specialty crop world. And we'll, and we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see where the, see where that goes. The automation piece, uh, you know, we launched uh, this global harvest automation initiative in Tulare 
last year and and we we were we we actually launched it with six or seven different different countries we're we're looking at startups all 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 over the world and we're also looking at being proactive you, you know just you know if i can make a computer analogy just like there's dos uh and the industry settled on a standard you know we're we're taking a look at that concept along with looking at various startups and and how can we help create either market access or accelerate because we know we we really now view this labor issues as a, as a race race against time so that so the automation space is a really interesting one but the other thing is it is in the end about where you have to save labor so another company that's affiliated with the center that we're uh, really proud of is the is the borough which is a harvest aid concept where if you look at the table grape industry you know it's not they're not actually uh, doing the actual clipping the grapes from from the the vines but if you can save that back and forth from the inside of the orchard uh, to the side and then back and forth and, and give back let's say 20 percent of the time that 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 helps helps contribute because this is going to be a process and 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 an evolution but uh, those are some examples of some companies in the automation space and and frankly they set up uh, we're involved in a project with Karen Ross the California Secretary Department of Food and Ag about moving throughout the state for a year and talking about the skills that are going to be required for the next generation of ag. You know, you you said it earlier. I mean, when you think about ag, you didn't necessarily you, you don't necessarily start with AI and robotics and that automation, but but we're heading to uh, to a to a different world, and you know, STEM skills uh, are going to are going to be increasingly. You know, if, if you get into Software services, the whole data, you know, the whole data, data play. I mean, what, another company affiliated with the center, Pago, uh, uh, you know, provides a whole array of payroll services, uh, mm-hmm. compliance services, that that type of thing that's digitized. digitized mm-hmm. uh, sorry about that. Too many syllables this early. So there's also those those types of products in terms of making organizations more efficient. And then and then there's also just Kind of general discovery. A company I really like is Ag Voice Global, which is a voice to text program that, if you need to be able to work hands free, or mm-hmm. you know, you know, if you think about ag, there are a lot of very very sharp fe- people in the field, in the orchards, vineyards, etc. Very sharp, very experienced. They may or may not know how to read or write or speak speak mm-hmm. speak English, but they can talk. Mm-hmm. And if you can talk and you can get something to text, that that's going to that's going to be invaluable. So that's not necessarily, you know, if you ask me what the priorities of our industry are, we're going to we're going to talk about food safety. We're going to talk about automation. We're going to talk about the need for uh, precision ag. And so no one's necessarily going to say, give me voice to text. But when you see that, you go, well, that can be helpful because, you know, at the end of the day, you and, you and I can com- have a conversation about ag tech all day long, but who's who's going to do this stuff mm-hmm, right, in, in, in the field? So so we really have to think about that because I think one of the things that's really important when we think through this issue of you know how long things take is you know what's what's involved in adoption and uh, you know anyone in ag will tell you there can be culture. You, uh, there can be cultural issues. You've got to get the workforce be, behind it. It's it, you know it's got to work. It's got to work in the field. It's got to work on a real practical basis. So, so you know there's technology and the, and then there's 
you know, just all the other aspects of ag that just make it a unique, unique industry. Yeah, you know, the, the, the robotics aspect is really fascinating, uh, which is the advances being made. And, you know, you, you kind of, you touched on something I, that I hadn't thought of until you mentioned it, but just the labor issue, because that's not just a California issue, is it? It's a worldwide issue. It is absolutely a global conversation. Yeah. It, 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 is, it, is all, it is all over the planet. Every, everybody is dealing with it. You know, think, and, and what's interesting, though, and, and I think this is encouraging, it's probably painful, uh, but for instance, uh, you know, since we get to hang around the world, I affectionately call them the Brits. You know, the Brits, regardless of, you know, I, I don't do politics. I just kind of do declarative. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, declarative statement. You know, if you're in the UK, you've had you've had to deal with Brexit. You've had to deal with COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting to note the timing and perhaps not so coincident that, you know, they've always been very progressive on the robotic side. I mean, there's some great players, great players over there, but. You know, you're starting to really hear some acceleration of some technologies moving forward, you know, in terms of lettuce and, and broccoli, you know, kind of that proverbial necessity is the mother of invention. And it's really starting to accel- accelerate some things. So, um, so so what is being accelerated? What are you what's the future look like? I mean, especially after COVID, I mean, I bet it's changed maybe some of the focus. I mean, there's a lot more farm to table now than there used to be, I think. A lot more home delivery. That's interesting. I, I mean, I and I completely agree with you. I mean, I think I think uh, you know if you if you think back, one of the things that kind of emerged in terms of su- supply chain disruption was kind of kind of this emergence of non traditional supply chain players. Mm-hmm. But like anything else, you, you and, and and I'm not smart enough to know the answer to the question. A lot of the players that emerged. Uh, we're community-based mm-hmm. and startup-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do I think demand goes away for, for that type of service and product? Pro- probably not. Who the players are and how that's going to evolve, we'll, we'll see. But I think, I think that's probably uh, going to be a re- residual of COVID. You know, the, the supply chain, you know, and obviously we're going through some t- tough supply chain issues right, right now for a variety of reasons. But, you know, I think the alteration of the, of the supply chain, uh, you know, home delivery, that, that sort of thing. You know, I think most people would think that's going to stick. Mm-hmm. Do we know the players yet? You know, probably, probably not. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but I would guess it would shift more towards uh, the private sector that, you know, as much as we all cheer for, you know, com- community-based groups, some, you know, sometimes that can be tougher to do, you know, in yeah. terms of, you know, where you get your labor and, funding right. and that and that sort of thing but 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 you're right i mean i think that's been a, a reality of it uh i think this automation thing is gonna is gonna accelerate and you know mm-hmm. one of the things we tell people look we're we're not talking about getting rid of jobs what mm-hmm. what we're talking about is better better jobs higher paying jobs more skills more skills required but but i can tell you moving around moving around this state the uh, the help wanted issue is very, very real. The, yeah, the, sure. you know, you know, and, and everyone really says, you, you know, uh, you know, there was kind of the initial first summer of COVID, but you know, we're two, we're two summers in, and uh, you know, I think people really do view this as much more of a seminal change, and uh, and and there's going to be a real competition for 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 skilled labor, and so I don't think anyone has the luxury of taking 
assuming um, uh, folks will will be available. And uh, so I think you have to, yeah, I think you have to get ready for that. And I think we're seeing, seeing that all, all over the world. So I do expect to see uh, a pickup in the, in those types of products. But what's interesting is, you know, for all intents and purposes, you've seen, you know, you do see some commercial activity on automated thinning, automated weeding. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see more irrigate, you know, automated, you know, uh, targeted spraying, right. those types of things. But but the har- the commercial harvest piece from an automation standpoint, there, there's nothing measurable to report at this point. Yeah. You know, so there's there's still a lot of a lot of work to be done. And it's not going to be a matter of just technology. It's also going to be a matter of, you know, are the cost right? What is the service like? So I think that whole thing is in formation, but it is it's 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 really a critical need. So I expect this automation thing to uh, remain front and center. Food safety, we're, we're taking a look uh, at launching an initiative where we're focused on rapid diagnostics. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, I mean, that's the world we, we live in now. People want uh, information that's critical to health, uh, yeah, ASA, ASAP. Sure. But on the other hand, you know, our industry has really, you know, kind of the same, same thing, you know, how big is, how big is that market compared to, let's say the COVID market. So. Yeah, and that would be like, for example, a handheld device that can tell you if there's pathogens or something in, in, the, in the produce. You know, I mean, we're, I, my guess is we're, we're, we're certainly heading towards we want that type of information as, as soon as possible. Obviously, what we're looking for is, you know, can we cut the testing time where we have to wait to get information from 18 hours to five or six? Can we detect a problem just as it occurs so we can either mitigate it or, or, or prevent it? So we're, we're focusing on diagnostics. We obviously have an interest in, uh, you know, the prevention side and, uh, you know, the traceability side involves the entire supply chain to, to some degree. So we're, we're still very focused on how do you, uh, you know, really get the full possibilities of technology leveraged on just kind of the, the key existential issues, safety, labor, uh, et cetera. Okay. All right. Well, well, Dennis, that, that, that's Dennis's predictions for the future as to what's going to continue to be hot. I want to thank you for, for being here. This is Roger Royce, Silicon Valley Impact on Tal Radio. We've been talking with Dennis Donahue, Executive Director of the Western Growers Center for Innovation and Technology about ag tech, about the startup community that and technology community that's been created down in Salinas and about some of the technologies that are being developed uh, in Salinas that have worldwide application. So again, uh, thanks for being here, Dennis. And um, Roger Royce, Silicon Valley Impact. We'll see you next time.